Welcome to Attack of Opportunity. Starring GM Jeff Ball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Attack of Opportunity. Today, riding shotgun live is Matt Witt because he keeps showing up to these anyway. So since I'm afraid that actually Matt, your name, and me, my name, is going to come up with today's guest, we're going to tag team Mr. Ryan Messina who plays Merrick, the Russian mercenary, in our We Shot First actual play podcast for Star Wars, Dawn of Defiance campaign. Wait, you... I'm getting a tactical of opportunity here. Yes. I'm pretty sure I took reflexive <laughs> opportunity here. I think I get to attack you first. Don't, nope. don't worry. Combat reflexes gives you multiple attacks, but we are attacking you. You know, with that silky voice, how can I refuse? <laughs> the silky voice will ask you the first question that we love to ask all of our guests on Attack of Opportunity. Was there a defining moment in your childhood or later when you knew or decided to become a geek, a nerd, one of us, one of us? Oh, it was clearly indefined. It's when I understood Thaco. Thaco? <laughs> <laughs> the word yeah. Thaco to hit armor class zero? Yeah, no. When you understand Thaco, you've taken a dedication to algebra that physicists haven't jumped to. And when did this happen for you? I was a young lad. And for Christmas, my folks had given me the gift of D&D. And it was right after D&D had come out of its uh, post-mortem of being the devil-worshipping device that it is. Hail Satan. <laughs> Hail Satan. Um, and it became into something where it's like, all right, if you can understand this math, this game's for you. And did you like said game? Were you like a DM and gathered your little friends, or were you a player? Like, oh, you're the owner yeah. of the box? I, I was introduced to D&D 2nd Edition close into the realms at the same time that Final Fantasy VII came in around. So I wrote my own content. Cool. Yeah. I, I had made in-game ways for you to actually become weapons, from because Final Fantasy VII weapons were way cooler than any of the main characters you got to play at. And, um, yeah. D&D was like the bomb. I had my clutch group of friends, which I had taught how to play D&D. But of course, I ignored the main rules really? that they would need to know how to play equally. I was like, oh, yes, but reflex saves are important to play web. <laughs> what uh, what year is this? How old are you? Jesus. You're looking at, let's see, grade six, grade six, backwards. Preteen, you're looking about anywhere between 12, 13 12? type of deal. Yeah, in the ballpark. A typical preteen scenario. Right on. Because it took me years. I remember getting the game before such said time period, but finding people to play it with me was hard, especially growing up in rural northern Ontario. Mm. Yeah, because, I, I can relate. Yeah, 36 acres of land and moo does not translate into so do you attack the troll or not attack the troll i'm gonna take that as you attack the troll matt i'll let you in with the next question because i have a feeling that since the three of us are friends and i reached out to him and reached out to you and you interested me and this kind of thing i'll go even further back than that let's you know i i i i know some <laughs> things about this guy what <laughs> ask him some deep dark personal questions then he's yeah. a wedding no, party yeah um, so, Ryan, uh, I know I met you a very long time ago, coming pretty close to 20 years now. Yeah, is it not nuts? It's I know, it is nuts. crazy. We're old men now. Um, <laughs> but um, 
I, I know how I met you and, and uh, you know, video games and, and D&D were all part of that, you know, like nerd fest that we enjoyed for oh, yeah. a few years back in uh, in the late 90s there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but prior to meeting me, um, you had a pretty solid gaming group that you were playing with on the regular. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You want to uh, share some of your uh, geeky favorite moments from those days? Uh, gladly. No. Um, back in the day, that's back in the glory days of third edition D&D. And my pride and joy was a ranger that I had multi-classed way. He was a a ranger, turned prestige class, turned prestige class, turned prestige class, turned prestige class. Uh, He went went deep wood sniper. He went the classes he went. I would need the sheet in front of me, to be honest. Oh, I remember this guy. This was the guy who could like shoot like a million arrows every round. Because um, because multi-shot was broken back in third edition. Yeah. It was highly broken. It was for every plus five you could get on a on your attack roll, you could throw another arrow into it. And when you get up to being an epic level character with multi shot, rapid shot, you know plus fives, or you throw them out there, you can end up with five six, and each arrow is like would destroy a small Tyrannus. <laughs> um, oh, the days of epic. No, well, it, it, third edition was fun, but it was too much. Harm was out of control, and that was our base level. Oh, right on, yeah, uh, those were good times back then. So, how did uh, you you start uh, gaming with uh, Jeff and I? Well, uh, that's um, you had uh, approached me, and you said so there was an opportunity to play because um, we had been dry for playing games for a little bit. For real life rolling D20s. But you said that you knew a guy. He wanted to play Star Wars. And there was a role playing game. I'm like, I had no idea there was such a beast. But the fact that rolling dice was uh, available. And rolling with some my buddy was also available. was a highlight. We just, I went with it. And then I realized that there's this whole game called Star Wars Saga. And it ran very similar to D and third edition, and uh, yeah, no, that was a phenomenal experience because I I'm still playing Merrick, my first character that I actually ever made in Star Wars Saga. He, he <laughs> loves machine guns and he loves explosives, and I realized that by third, you know, a simple build could allow me to carry it through with what I wanted to do. I'm like, wait a minute, I can throw bombs like all the time. I just need to like grab radios. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't wait till we get to start playing with that. Oh, it's going to be fun. Hell of glory. Especially with the fact when we uh, can leave them behind as mines. It's going to be ex- oh, so much time. Uh, it's a good thing that Jeff keeps his hair short. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, back then we, uh, we met a few people. I think um, that's when Aaron got his first foray. That's Jeff's son into... Yep. Uh, into RPG tabletop style stuff. Oh, yes. I remember playing with uh, Aaron. There's two characters specifically. There was a fuzzy lightsaber, and then there was a murder robot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was one of the two or a combination thereof. Of, uh, no, Star Wars is a fantastic game for that regard. Is it? It's essentially like third edition 
except that lets you go third edition without um, the game breaking of it. You can you can you can game break Saga Edition, but it will game break you back. Well, I think another thing that was a, a part of the fun running that because it was a new system to all of us. So Jeff just kind of said, "What character are you playing?" Well, I'm going to leave you in charge of figuring out the gameplay for that, and everybody had their own little into their own little niche that they had to pick up on. Yeah, um, and oh, uh, so yeah, you. You uh, were playing Merrick then. What was your your you were doing all the um, um, power armor and heavy weaponry. So basically, machine guns and armor. Totally fun. And, and that's uh, why. It... So yeah, so we each learned our own uh, little part of the game, and and uh, I think Jeff gave you crafting rules as well as a bunch of uh, explodey stuff to learn. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because there was actually um, I was really inspired because at the same time the Judge Dredd movie had come out, and I was trying to merge force powers and gunplay. Not trying to meta too much, but you know, their meta force powers are awesome, and guns are also awesome. Uh, so there's actually a, an available set of rules that if you actually uh, work them to the maximum, you can actually make yourself a judge. Judge Dredd style lawbringer in the Star Wars universe. That's so cool. <laughs> it is so cool. It takes a heavy investment, but it is so. So is that something that you're actually going to build towards with Merrick? Uh, no. The way I see Merrick, uh, Merrick's intention is going is at uh, power armor, heavy weaponry, and explosives. And there's no reason to go micro. Maybe macro. Okay. Make bigger, make more. Because right, right now, oh yeah, yeah. Doing the grenades, I can, he, can, I can do grenades every day, all day, all the time. So I think future for America would be what's the biggest bomb? <laughs> okay, right on. Well, um, so that's going to lead me up to the next thing a, a little bit. Um, what uh, what got you into the whole podcast uh, thing here with us? Um, um, I had to think back to uh, the original uh, days. It, the name eludes me, but you'll know it. Um, Razzlin, part of. Oh, oh, okay, yes, the um, the whole that whole Dragonlance, saga. Dragonlance saga, Dragonlance saga was originally inspired by just a, who got it together, and some one person out of them decided to act. One person out of them actually decided. And it was just a group of friends getting together once a week, playing an RPG. And I saw the exact same thing that we're doing. We're getting together once a week. We're having our stories where the communal storytelling is happening. If we just record it, we could be the next Dragonlance. That's right. That's right. You were with me when uh, Jeff hauled me out to the coffee shop when we had the big discussion there. Yep. Ahaha, uh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So, um, yeah, basically if uh at least out of the blue we'd we'd been uh we'd been playing Star Wars or we hadn't been playing Star Wars for about a year. Um and we were all kind of missing the game and Jeff called up and threw past us and um I think maybe uh we had played a little bit on roll twenty. Yes. Um, I just realized that we hate Roll20, how it hates us. 
Yeah, it's you know it's it's a love hate relationship. I actually don't mind it at all. I think it's a great platform. It's a great platform, but the dice are like just a, way too cool. Yeah, it's like Rihanna and Eminem music video. <laughs> and, and it's going to happen, and it'll do the job. But by the end of it, you're not going to like what you get. Yeah, and we were sitting in the coffee shop chatting away about doing it. And uh, remember that just random uh girl walked by and she's like oh you should totally do that that'd be fun yep <laughs> no jeff, exactly and of course and, jeff being jeff got super stoked and inspired by this yeah <laughs> random inspire number one i imagine in time jeff will build a statue in her name <laughs> or, or his own <laughs> well, this statue of jeff inspired by oh yes of course. well he does give give credit where credit is due Exactly. <laughs> Even if it's in the footnotes. Speaking of Jeff, uh, let's get him back in here. I think he's got a few questions to ask. Heard my name. What? What? Ha ha ha. Sorry. I ran away. Is the interview over? No, no. We were just talking about when we all got together at the coffee shop uh, a couple years ago to talk about the whole idea of doing the podcasting. Oh, yeah. We'd um, we'd stop playing Star Wars and we started playing on Roll20 with Josh, my old buddy. And got gaming because no one could keep showing up. Remember how many times somebody yeah. randomly would show up like Rob sick and then we all got sick because we're all in a tight space in the basement. So we pitched the idea of like, oh, let's go let's play in Roll20 and then we could just sit at home in our jammies and play and it wasn't such a hassle to come over and blow all kinds of money on food and everything. And yeah. And Aaron kind of got away from playing with us. He, you know, aged two years and went from the starry-eyed 14, 15-year-old going, cool, playing Star Wars with dad's friends to like 17 going, no, nah, I'm done. I'm good. Overwatch. <laughs> Overwatch. Yeah, got his own crew. Um, and, uh, yeah, we we're playing in Roll20, and uh, some of the random players that had joined us that we didn't know or whatever, um, one was a – she ran a stage show, and she was literally at work but playing with us. And we're like, are you in trouble? Like, are you – should you be doing this? She's like, oh, no, i got to flick some switches or whatever. And I can't remember her name, but she was um, she was talking about us yep, recording how much fun we were to play with and we record. Because I, because uh, I had, as we said, your GM acts like a game show host. Now that's not necessarily a good one, a good, good idea you know, or compliment, you but definitely have that kind of air to you. Energy, get on in front of a microphone, and you're very enthusiastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Did I do that in person in the basement, or just when I'm on the mic on the computer? Oh, I think it's just kind of you, dude. Mm. <laughs> well, thank you. And our next guest, and uh, we. We went home and we played and I went home and we played, you know, I kind of think a couple of weeks went by and I just got it stuck in my head and I was like, yeah, we could do this. And I just got it in my brain that we have to do this. And then I called you guys up and we sat at the coffee shop and it was like running my, all my ideas past you. Cause you know me, I have like a dozen ideas and I love them all cause they're my ideas and I need to pick Still one because some of them conflict. So I'm like, guys, we're going to get about this. We'll do this. Or how about this? And, you know, and uh, Rollmongers was born, but not that name. We went through people. We went through additions. We went through all the stuff. We had the pilot from Mummy's Mask. Oh, we were still, we were still and kind of tanked. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, then we I dropped the first it. episode. We lost everyone to work jobs and we spent a year. Uh, I picked up Connor Besh online at Roll20 and he and I did auditions for a year because you guys bailed. And then, wow, uh, work. yeah, no, but um, Ryan's. Messina's Marvelous Minis, your new uh, business out of his basement. And now he's got a 3D printer and he's cranking them out. Yep. And uh, that took up all your time. 
Uh, and then yeah. and then I remember going over to your house and your basement and you're showing me your layup of how you and Loretta were like making these and I'm talking like he had pails of paste and pails of powder. This yeah. isn't like I go down to the geeky shop and pick my little pewter mini and paint it. He was making this shit from scratch. He was making molds to make them generically and sell them as really elaborate. And him and Loretta were doing it together and painting and everything. And he was making D and D bookshelves and DK Alchemy Labs and it was really cool. It's still am. Um... So I almost left. I was like, "This is really cool," and I'm thinking in my head, "He's never gonna. He's not. He's not gonna come back. He's not gonna be free." But um, hat in hand, I pitched to him, "Please come back. We need an extra guy. You know, we'll play Rogue One. Came out. We'll play Star Wars. What do you think?" And a star was born. He had characters all ready to go. I think I believe the deal was that um, your your day job had leaned off a bit on Friday, and you actually had a bit of time. Came back to us. Um, yeah, it was basically I was in charge of more of the projects I was running. So I was able to push Thursday, make my free day, Friday more available. Well, next question we'd have for you is when you're making up characters, do you lean on the evil, the good access? Is there a type of thing? Do you have I a favorite character class? or I, I cannot do evil. If you're looking for my crux, my pin, I am goodly natured. And that is something that bleeds. In- so chaotic neutral at best? Chaotic good. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I I, I can I can occasionally do a neutral good. No, no, it, that that's you know especially the old school gaming. Uh, we recently did an interview. We had Connor interview Clinton, and he said the exact same thing. He's like he believes in the whole, you know, he was raised on the hero, and you play the hero, and it's it's in him, and he just really enjoys that. The new anti-hero that came out late '80s, early '90s, and bled through Wolverine and all that kind of thing, Spawn and Batman, all the stuff that that oh, the next generation has no, embraced. I, you know, I love Venom. Venom's my boy. You can't. <laughs> I wouldn't say Venom's evil, but that dude's no, messed up. He's not. Venom just deals what needs to be dealt with. He's an extremist, as in my my book. Okay. Well, terms like good and evil are subjective, right? Like, yes, what's I, what's good to I, one person may be evil to another. The boards yeah. and the alignment system. Um, so many people in DMs and even and even pro uh, YouTubers have that. You know, yeah. In the in the bag. Matt, you got another question for him? Here anyway. Those that we're editing. It was just in the middle of the Ryan interview. Photobombing is what we do. It's Jay Tamlin, everyone. You know, switch over to his. <laughs> All right. Uh, I forget the last question. Have everyone ask a question. Everyone. Okay. So, so, Ryan, we're on the tail of a game. And our players are showing up. So we're going we're gonna to go to the board. We're going to ask Aiden and Frank and Jay, you know, if they have any questions for you. So essentially, you want me to point to everywhere on the doll when they ask me the question. <laughs> something like that. Okay, fair enough. Come on, Frank, you got something. I know you got something. Okay, Ryan. Um, Be merciful, because so, you're the next interview that we're going to post. <laughs> so when you when you think back on illustrators for you know the, the gaming industry, was there a particular picture, image... Uh, a stylization, any kind of oh, design oh. that kind of influenced you or inspired you yeah. or your character making? That's an awesome question. I wish somebody asked he- me that question. Heavily, Frank, solid question. I love 1950s illustration. I love the Fallout series just based on their illustration series. I haven't played it since Fallout 3, but I love their art deco of it. Um, more recently, I'd have to say the Fallout series, the night, which is more of a 1950s art aesthetic, art aesthetic, which is along of uh, very much um, pastels. 
um, very much on that muted color. Love that art style. Love that music. Right on. Jay, you got a question for him? Uh, come back to me. <laughs> I don't know you. Sorry. I don't like he's, you. <laughs> he's he's busy slaving away making a fifth level cleric for me because yeah. he's like, yeah. we're introducing <laughs> Frank to second edition tonight, and he's like, what oh, is enough. going on? I've it's asked the biggest question. question. So if you were to make a fifth level cleric, what would you make? He'll <laughs> <laughs> bot a mess. Aiden, uh, I guess to kind of go off your previous answer, uh, what are your like top? three uh genres of music top three genres of music i'd have to say um that inspire fantasy i think he's going you know yeah yeah, yeah. no 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 it's um it's clearly k-pop <laughs> <laughs> frank you said you would never spoil that that's the last time i trust you with any secret of mine um no, I, I'd have to say because jump, jumping off that 1950s, I'm a I'm a big jazz fan. I played the alto sax for over five years, so uh, I I'm an easy sucker for jazz. Um, specifically, I like Caravan Palace. They're a fantastic band. Give them a listen if you've never listened. They um, they do the new techno swing stuff. They they're a, they're a French they're a French based band that they combine modern swing with old time jazz. Um, uh, other forms of music. Uh, Andrew WK, love that guy. He does more of the heavy metal. <laughs> uh, he's an opposite of jazz, but he is definitely my boy who has hair that. Free. Um, and feeling that uh, Alan Walker before he got popular. You know, these questions actually aren't in our um original interviews so i'd like to ask the floor uh like matt an artist fantasy artist and music for you because i know that's missing out of your original interview oh well for me fantasy art i I, that's actually one of the things that really attracted me to fantasy in the first place was the cover Mm. art in some of the books and um back in the day tor employed an artist by the name of uh boris vallejo oh yeah uh, fantastic artwork like hyper realistic i guess you could say like almost renaissance style um cool like crazy like and and like i think it was a picture of a woman riding a pegasus through this like golden clouded like celestial sky and it was like one of the first like images that really grabbed i don't even remember what book it was but it just totally captured my eye when I was walking by. And I was just like, oh, I'll read that. For me, Jeff Easley had a bright palette. Parkinson had a dark palette. But if I had to pick a favorite was the Dragonlance artist, Larry Elmore. Drew everyone with that awesome wavy 80s hair. And I just freaking loved it. All of his art. The three, Those three are my favorites. And like you said, back in the day, being attracted like through the artwork, those moments in time of fantasy and you're looking at the characters and stuff going, yeah, this is real. Oh, my God, I look like this. What about you, Frank? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, one of the first D&D products that I ever stumbled across was actually a, a basic box set where uh, Elmore was featured on the cover art that has a swordsman kind of slashing horizontally at a red dragon. I mean, and that just, I mean, it just speaks to you. I mean, his, it, it's cartoonish in its design, but it's really, it's, it's a masterfully done my, my, kind of 
kind of piece of illustration. My favorite Elmar art is uh, the Elven Princess Lorana standing over the body of the Knight Strum. Yeah. It's epic. And there's a sort of a generic one where you have a wizard in a red robe and his brown 80s hair. And he's holding, he's around a corner and he's holding back um, a female adventurer. And they're sneaking up on an ice dragon. And it's just kind of turning its head. And there's frost painted on their hair and to give you an idea of how cold the room is he didn't just he had like an air effect going the colors and everything he used and everything it was really really cool i just want to get those in a mural if you ever get any serious money i'm just gonna like plaster i always dreamed of making like a dnd like i never thought i'd be here taking a spare bedroom and making it sort of a uh, garbage recyclable studio taking $20 old Dell monitors and lining them up on my table and buying computers and stuff like this, an old television to be the studio and throwing some money at a microphone. I pictured a big table with, you know, commissioned Elmore art and Jeff Easley on the wall, you know, kind of thing and having people over forever and ever. The future is now. You should throw the, that art up. You should, uh, on your green screen, you should find those images and fire them up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in the video version of this. Um, what about uh, you know? What about our younger cast? There, we're talking about ye old days. What about you, Jane? Aiden? You have any artwork that drew you in to D and D while we're on the subject? Particularly Aiden, whose uh, interview has already gone up and gone. Uh, Jay, do you want to go first? He's <laughs> got the proverbial all pass. Uh, sure. Um, I actually don't have any specific artists, just because. Um, I find that a lot of the older style art for me just doesn't resonate. Um, I do. I I grew up with anime, so I do tend to default to that. But I can't pin one specific artist uh, for that kind of thing. So you, are um, you saying something like watching Princess Mononoke from Ghibli Studio? It's a huge fantasy film, and then you just like, what? Yes, I want to be the archer. And now you're playing a samurai archer. Um, actually, I. Didn't really. I don't really associate Ghibli films with fantasy. I do like they are in and of themselves fantasy stories, but they don't make me want to go out and play D anD. I knew that uh, would set them off. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on Ghibli. They sold out to Disney. What triggered? <laughs> oh no, no. I'm, I I love Ghibli. Like there's there's a lot of really good ones. Um, but no, it's it's uh for me. I I grew up when um. Well, the, di- digital media is so prevalent that my imagination is kind of just as... Basically, there's so much input and, vi- and visual input that I can find that my my, my imagination just kind of coalesces everything. Yeah, no, point. we follow you. Like, back in our day with Elmore Art, that was all there was. So it's like mm-hmm. being on a desert island and being fed a cracker, and you're just going, oh my god, this is so great. You know, because we were hungry for fantasy. There wasn't a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, you guys now from the 90s on are just oh, it's talk flooded. about how awesome the world has become like, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know like you, you go from being a nerd to being some sort of fantasy guru <laughs> <laughs> i remember back in my day when elmer was a painting and yeah now fast forward and um what about you aiden um well for like D and uh pathfinder stuff i i kind of agree with jay most of the older art doesn't hold it as much for me but uh the first like actual like uh fantasy role-playing book that i've ever like the cover art that i've seen was uh the pathfinder module the dragon's demand which features like a like a green dragon fighting a uh a uh, female elven sword user i i thought that was like really cool but um 
for me, uh, what really kind of got me into the fantasy aspect is video games. Um, and uh, like the Legend of Zelda series, where you play like pretty much an elf, uh, you know, sword and board and fighting yeah, for... yeah the, even the nintendo yeah. 64 it was very artistically like you know breaking animation oh, yeah. and video game that's still i'd still put that up there sure yeah the three-dimensional sure. um getting started with that and then uh and then leading into the uh, the dark Souls series which is a very uh like fantasy oriented rpg style and that started to get me into more rpgs games and then eventually into tabletop games awesome well, it's been a tag of opportunity, and we've talked to everyone but Ryan Messina. Maybe yeah. Villa finishes interview. Say <laughs> no, good no, it's cool. Say, say good night, everybody, and you know, stay tuned soon for the Frank Hamilton slash Jay Tamlin, the other part of their interview coming to a playlist near you. Say good night, Mister Messina. <laughs>